0: take your Bibles <clears throat> let's put them over our heart and say this with me this is God's written living word to me, this is God's word to what, he about me. what he thinks about me it reveals who God says I am says and tells me what God says I can have, I can have. Because, it's thinks, because it's how God thinks I choose to believe and act on what I'll read and thus, and thus I am transformed. Man, we've been in a series on faith. In fact, this morning we're going to be c- concluding that series. I've entitled this morning's message "Great Faith, Great Provision." Why are we doing a series on faith? Well, first of all, because it's impossible to please God if you don't have faith. I didn't say that. The writer of Hebrews did in verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Here's some of the big ideas that we've been working with in this series. Number one, couch potato faith will never enjoy Olympic-sized blessings. Secondly, if faith isn't required for what you're planning, then your plans fall short of what God has planned for you and last week standing in faith is acting on God's direction knowing he will deliver protect and provide regarding last week I just want to bring one thing forward and that's that standing in faith is not a passive trust in God think about this it wasn't until Abraham had that knife in the air, ready to plunge it into the heart of his son, taking his son as a sacrifice, in obedience to God, asking him to do it, that then God's voice and God's provision came to Abram. Sometimes you simply need to obey first. Standing in faith is not passive. Standing in faith will always have you acting on God's word. And if you don't feel like you have something current from God, act on the last thing he said to you. But act. Don't be passive in your faith. This morning's big idea is this. Great faith seizes unseen promises, refusing to accept no for an answer it was some years ago in our first home our first home that we had purchased where Nina was gone for the day and working and I was in the basement cleaning up rearranging so on and so forth and our little daughter Lisa at that time I think was two either two or three and I'm over working with some boxes and so forth and all of a sudden I hear this crash and immediately a yell from her and I whip around to find that a bicycle has fallen over, crushed and hit her head on the solid concrete this was an unfinished basement and had her pinned there My immediate response was to run towards her, of course. I threw the bicycle off of her and I picked her up in my arms. But it's what happened afterwards that I credit the Holy Spirit and the precious Word of God that lives within me for. I didn't call 911. I didn't call Nina. I began to pray. No, actually, I began to command and I begin to speak to her body and to the gash that I could see there on her head. I begin to speak life. I begin to speak peace and health. I begin to take authority over the attempt of the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy her life personally or anything in our life financially as a result of what this might result in. The short of that is, we never had to have stitches. Never had to have any kind of surgery. She never had any sort of concussion or anything from that incident. And we went on with life. And God brought us through that beautifully, wonderfully, without expense and without harm to our child. How do you respond to something like that? How do you respond in the moment unless... There's great faith. Great faith is a result of spending time with him and with the word. Great faith seizes the promises of God, especially in turmoil, especially in a moment where the natural mind is swirling and overwhelmed, where your feelings are going south. I remember another time in a rental apartment over in Arvada, this was some, I, I don't remember if this was before our home where the crash happened or not, but again, our little daughter, I think, it must have been before because that was, I think, the first place that we lived in, a rental condo, a condo or town, t- what do they call that, duplex, duplex, and um and we, she was in one of these uh, uh, rolling walkers, so it was round, you know, so that she could bump off of things and walk and and have some action. And and uh, I stepped outside. I forget where you were, sweetheart. You were in the I'm kitchen. So <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it, it was a bi-level with a steep set of stairs so as you walked in the door immediately you had to to go a, a, up a, a steep level of stairs to get to all of the living quarters and this is where we lived and all of us I had stepped outside and no sooner had I closed that uh, door than I heard her crashing in her stroller down those stairs and again I grabbed that door and whipped it open and grabbed her up in my arms. And again, the same sort of thing ensued. What I'm getting at is when you're in circumstances where your mind checks out, your emotions are overwhelming, and fear and death and stealing and destroying is at the doorstep, what is your reaction? Do you respond with great faith Or are you overwhelmed in the moment and subject to whatever your feelings in your mind are telling you? You see, great faith seizes unseen promises and never accepts no for an answer. I want to demonstrate what great faith is. Why do we need great faith? Number one. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But number two, without great faith, your life will be relegated to the status quo, average, mediocre existence, living well beneath what God has promised. That's why we need great faith. Here's another reason that we need great faith. Great faith accesses supernatural resources and makes them tangible in the here and now where we need them. I'm not going to need faith when I get to heaven, Bob. I'm not going to need faith there. I need faith now. I'm not going to have to claim his promises when I get to heaven. I need to know how to claim them right now. I'm not going to have to believe God for finances and material things when I get to heaven. Faith is not to get you to heaven. Faith is to give you a victorious Christian life here on earth and to do God's business for His glory in bringing many people to Jesus Christ. That's what our faith is for. Number four, great faith will bring deliverance through the power of your words. Now, there's only two times in all of the New Testament where Jesus complimented and gave these two individuals the highest compliment regarding their faith that he could possibly give them. Only two. And in both of these instances, he said to these two individuals, separately, you have great faith. Let's explore this morning what it was that made their faith great. Turn with me, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 21. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me my daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession Jesus did not answer a word so his disciples came to him and urged him send her away for she keeps crying out after us by the way I'm reading from the new international version for those of you that would like to make any notes regarding that or for those in, in the uh, for our sound people in the back if you have an opportunity to put the scriptures up do so in the new international version again This woman comes and says, Lord, she's crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. And it says in verse 23 that Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. That word crying out after is like a blackbird or a... What's one of the what's the I forgot the name of the really obnoxious bird that makes a really loud crows do mag- magpies do a raven and they were common in Israel by the way ravens very loud this is the type of cry of this incessant loud disturbing and the disciples said send her away Jesus (coughs) Jesus said in verse 24 he answered I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel the woman came back and knelt before him Lord help me she said and he replied it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs yes Lord she said But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very moment forward. Join me in Matthew chapter 8. starting in verse 5 when Jesus had entered Capernaum a centurion came to him asking for help now understand that this is a Roman soldier a centurion centurion was over a hundred men that were in his charge and generally centurions were appointed to both cities and to regions this gentleman was over this city and he had a good heart, as we'll read. You can read the in the Synoptic Gospels, you can read the comparison passage to this, and you'll find out that this centurion so had a heart for the Jewish people that he even built them a synagogue. He built them a temple. So that's who we're speaking of here. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, And in terrible suffering, Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. And the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to that one, come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth. I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith verse 13 says and he said to the centurion go it will be done for you even as you have believed run over to Mark's Gospel chapter 7 and let's just read From Mark's gospel, this same account of the Canaanite woman. Mark chapter 7, we'll begin reading in verse 24. Jesus left that place and he went to the vicinity of Tyre. Back up just a little bit here because I want you to get this. Jesus left that vicinity. He went to Tyre. He entered a house and did not want, get this, he did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed with an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. I submit to you this morning as we begin talking about great faith and what really defines it that our theology about God's character is at the very essence and foundation of what you believe and how great your faith will grow. You see, the gospel is not a message about what I have to give up, but it's a declaration of what he provided. The gospel isn't, quote, he lives in me and so try not to embarrass him. Rather it's that great reality that I live and I move and I have my being hidden in him. I'm hidden in his life. Jesus makes me look like my dad, Abba, father now note Jesus we didn't get this in Luke's account but in Mark's account Jesus from a long after a long day of ministry he was tired he didn't want to be around any more people now we're talking about Jesus (laughs) we're talking about the Son of God how many of you have ever just wanted to go home get in your sweats turn on a television program and just chill you don't want to be around people. You don't want to talk to people. You don't, want to, you don't want to pray for anybody. In fact, you pray that nobody will call and ask you to pray. Amen. This is Jesus. This is the moment he was in. If you think Jesus didn't have moments like this, you're crazy. And by the way, he didn't need television. All he did was close his eyes and he could see the universe and he had cool things going on supernaturally to entertain him and to rest. But he was tired and he did withdraw. And the scripture says he didn't want to be around anybody. But look at this. He couldn't keep his presence a secret. Could we just camp there for a minute? Could you just close your eyes? Jesus right now your presence be released in this room right now I release his loving presence to your heart right now I release you from that doubt and that fear I release you from the turmoil of this week I release you from the weight of those bills I release you from all that your mind has been so preoccupied with as you've struggled with relationships and health and finances in the name of Jesus right now his presence is not a secret I release that in you thank you father thank you father thank you father, thank you, father. the foundation of great faith is knowing the character of God. And though Jesus wanted in his humanity to draw away and not be around people he does respond to great faith. No matter what Jesus will respond to great faith because it's the father heart of God it's the character of God that when faith is being manifest when faith is being expressed God sits up I mean God takes notice he will respond and that's what happens here this little woman comes in she has a daughter who is demon possessed she falls at Jesus' feet and she begins to beg him let me give you Seven principles of great faith from this wonderful story that we've read. Number one. Did you notice that this woman was not a Jew? She was not a Hebrew. She was not of the faith of Israel. She had no right to approach the priesthood of which Jesus was. And certainly no Gentile especially not a Canaanite. In fact, it specifies that she was Syrophoenician, particularly hated by the Jewish people. Jewish people wanted nothing to do with these Canaanites. She comes and falls at Jesus' feet. Why? Because though you might not be of the family of faith yet, Though you may still be trying to figure out your spiritual journey, God is interested in your future right now. He will respond to your faith. Just about every week, people come into contact with Genesis who don't have a walk of faith, who are still figuring out their journey you may be here this morning wondering whether this is for you whether whether or not you can re- really relate to all of this god stuff i get it and jesus did too and you know what even though you might not have faith in him he has faith in you even though you may not be interested right now in chasing him he's chasing you and he will respond to the slightest amount of faith or an open heart from you saying you know what I have some big size needs in my life so principle number one is that God is interested in your future right now regardless of where you're at on your journey number two great faith always pursues Jesus even during desperate times Are you in a desperate time? I was in a desperate time with my daughter on both of those occasions after she fell down the stairs in her stroller and then as she in our basement had that bicycle fall on her. That was desperate. My mind was shouting. My my emotions were overwhelmed. But something rose up within me based on God's promises. Unseen, but reality. Reality. Unseen, but I could touch him by faith, and I begin to declare what I had read in his word. I began to declare by faith what I could see in the unseen. I didn't see it with my natural eyes. I saw it with my spiritual eyes that God was going to take care of my daughter in that moment if I depended on him, I could call upon His name, and he would do something. Great faith pursues Jesus, even when times are desperate. Number three. Even when God appears to be silent, great faith continues to listen supernaturally. Isn't it amazing that this woman, this Canaanite, this Gentile comes and makes her way into this house where Jesus is trying to be alone, gets to his feet and begins to beg him and to cry out, Lord, have mercy. My daughter's demonized. Please deliver her. Did you read? Did you see what we read there? And he answered her not a word. How many of you have ever felt like you were praying against a glass ceiling? How many of you have ever felt like God wasn't anywhere around? He wasn't answering. Some of you aren't being honest, so I didn't really need to ask that question because even those that didn't raise their hand, the rest of you are lying, you know. I have felt that in the last couple days. I feel that every week while I'm preparing. Sometimes I think God is just, he's just mean to me that way sometimes. (laughs) Here I'm at the end of my week, I'm needing to finish my outline, I'm needing to get a word from God. And I mean it is silent. (laughs) Even when God appears to be silent, great faith continues to listen supernaturally to look into the future with eyes of faith, not eyes of doubt. God will answer you. God will meet you. God will give you an answer in your time of need. Number four even when others say god isn't available great faith presses into his presence regardless this woman had such a oh goodness what what's a good adjective for it she just she was repulsive she was loud she was crying out she was obnoxious that's a good word for it what's that bird again yeah she was crying out like a raven you've heard crows, blackbirds, ravens I felt this way about those little sparrows in the morning you know how it is during spring and summer and it's the same one you know I moved recently to a new house in December already like on the really warmer days that we've had that sparrow moved with us <laughs> i can wake up and that thing's just chirping and chirping and it's the same chirp I, I i heard it back at the old address i've closed my window i've pounded on the window i've wanted to go out and throw a shoe into the trees I thought maybe I could order one of those owls off Amazon, you know, those fake owls, you know. Set that sucker up. (laughs) I mean, when you're irritated, you're irritated. This woman was obnoxious. So much so that the disciples said, send her away, Jesus, this is getting on our nerves. One translation says, this is really getting on our nerves. Jesus just sat in silence and then at that point he said hey I'm not sent but to the lost house the lost sheep of Israel you know what this woman did even when nobody wanted her around she pressed in she came again and fell at his feet and continued to plead boy that ought to be help for some of us who have had our feelings hurt here and there by something somebody says or some unkindness that somebody does towards us and we want to leave the church or we want to stop going to small group or we want to cop an attitude and be mad at pastor now because somebody hurt me somebody said something about me here's a woman I mean they all want her gone They're trying to throw her out. They're beseeching Jesus. Would you give us permission to run her out of here? How many of you suppose you would stay in church at church keep coming to services if eleven elders came to the senior pastor and said pastor? (laughs) We need to run this person out of here. They're obnoxious. She's so, he's so on our nerves. (laughs) And you heard it. It's not private behind closed doors. How many of you suppose you would, next Sunday, be the first one up during worship and praise to get at the altar and say, Oh, Jesus, I just love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I praise you. You're my all in all. You're the reason I live. How many of you would do that? (laughs) She did. Why? Because even when others say God isn't available, great faith presses into his presence. Number five. Then Jesus does finally speak. And he said, woman, it is not right that we should give the bread that belongs to the children to the dogs (laughs) whoops okay so you remember over in Mark's Gospel chapter 7 that companion passage We're going to return to something that it says there in just a second, but I want to show you. Jesus was dealing with a point of theology. He was right. Theologically, it wasn't this woman's time for God's blessing. Theologically, Jesus was sent to the house of Israel. She wouldn't give up. Have you ever run into a difficult passage of Scripture and thought, I'm not going to serve Jesus anymore. Look what that says. And this is what they're saying over there at the church. And here's what I'm reading. I don't understand it. I'm giving up on this stuff. Have you ever felt like that? <laughs> Thank you for one honest hand. Or your pastor's preaching away in a series and then you turn on the TV or the radio and somebody gets on there and says something exactly the opposite of one of your pastor's best points. And you say, dear Lord, how am I supposed to follow Jesus with all of this difference in theology and doctrine and so forth? You know, this woman didn't care about theology. She didn't care about doctrine. She cared about Jesus. And even when theology might tend to blur the answer, great faith presses in by revelation of God's character and says, God, I know you're loving. I know you're good. I know you have a blessing there for me, and I'm taking it. I'll stay here. Let them try to toss me out. I'll never go. I'm going to stay at your feet, Jesus, until you bless me. You don't need to understand everything theologically to get a blessing. You need to grab a hold of the legs of Jesus. Number six. Great faith remains in worship as a way of honoring Jesus regardless of how many no's you hear. And when you do, when you fall at His feet, when you continue to worship, when you keep your nose in the Word, when you continue to to just love Him and worship, despite the circumstances, despite all the no's and the naysayers, and, and even things you don't understand theologically, you're honoring God. And He gives you that supernatural ability to see beyond yourself and see beyond your natural sight into the realm of unseen promises. Could we have this microphone? Marissa, would you come just briefly and share that testimony about this new house that God just brought to you? Sure.
1: So, it was about two and a half years ago, I think, we started talking, we need to move because we had greatly outgrown our space. Um, And so we began praying about it and uh, just kind of thinking about it and we got to a place where we decided let's just call somebody and have somebody come out and get this process started but then we heard really heard god say no wait you need to wait and so we waited and um frustrating (laughs) we waited and it was about eight months later this year earlier this year pastor jeff gave us a word in a staff meeting And it was through that word that we knew that God was telling us, okay, now's the time. And so we started dreaming about our new house and dreaming about what was going to be in our new house. And we started getting really excited about it. And so we just started thanking God for our new house, not knowing yet where it was or what it was going to look like or anything like that. We just started thanking him for our new house. And... We got in contact with a friend who came up, she was a real estate agent, kind of got things going, and we decided to jump on it. We put our house on the market, and within 24 hours, we had six offers on our house. And because we had waited, we got 20 to $30,000 more off the sale of our house than if we would have done it eight months ago. Um, And through the whole process, we were looking at these new houses and of course when you're getting into a bigger house you're getting into a bigger mortgage and higher utility bills and the whole time I'm going I don't know how we're gonna do this because our income isn't changing and there was a few times where I even told Chad like I don't know how we're gonna do this I know we need it but how are we gonna afford this should we be doing this but we kept hearing God say go go just trust me just go so after we'd already put an offer in on this house still kind of wrestling with this Chad uh, talks to our financial guy who is awesome and we had this holy spirit realization of I don't even know how to put this it was just such an awesome moment he showed us because we were making so much money off of the sale of our house and we could take that money and apply it towards our debt and pay off huge amounts of debt. And because we're able to do that, we could afford a higher mortgage, which I hadn't even thought of. So we sold our house. We were able to pay the real estate agent, pay the closing costs on both houses, put a down payment on a house, and still walk away with enough to pay off a car, a student loan, several credit cards, and we had money left over. And the house that we're in is double the size of the one that we were in before.
0: Double that size.
1: Double, and and it was everything that we had been dreaming about.
0: Everything you've been dreaming about, everything. and God brought it. <laughs> Come on, let's give God praise. And you know what? In that process, there were some no's. There were weights. There were, this can't ha- possibly happen. But they continued to worship, they stayed at the feet of Jesus, they pressed in, they believed that the promise was true. God gave them a word eight months later and they acted on it. And God released it to them. Number seven, great faith is surrendered faith, which refuses to look away from Jesus. Do you remember how? This woman, when even Jesus said, it's, it's not right that we would take what is meant for the children and give it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. How is somebody able to have that kind of revelation of the Father's heart when theologically Jesus has already made a case against her? All of the disciples are wanting to toss her out she's a Canaanite, she shouldn't even have started this conversation she had no right to be there before Jesus, she has all this working against her and then the Lord says, I mean Jesus says it's not right for us to take the promises and throw them to dogs where would you be what would your reaction be? What would you do? Would you stay? Would you you press in? Would you continue to worship? Would you continue to believe God has something great and special for you? You know, she was holding on to something. Over in Mark chapter 7, you may not have seen this, but in verse 27, it says, when Jesus responded to, to her about, taking the bread and giving it to the dogs he first said this verse 27 first part first let the children eat all they want for it's not right for us to take the children's bread and give it to dogs you know what she was standing on Jesus didn't say she couldn't have a blessing he just said it belonged to the children first I'm still going to get mine I love the people of Israel. I love the house of Israel. Thank God for Israel. That's what she was saying. Lord bless, bless Israel. But I'm staying here until you bless me. Because I'm a partaker. If it's just a crumb, listen to me, dear ones, a crumb of God's favor is enough to expel all the demons out of your house and bring healing blessing and financial blessing to your whole household. A crumb of his favor. Amen. I don't need a seven course meal. Lord give me a crumb. In your presence. Alright. So what do, you, what do I want you to do? Here's what I want you to do you ready? If you're using your outline, fill it in. Otherwise, let me have your full attention. Even if you are filling it in, give me your full attention because here's what I want you to leave with. What's our big idea? Read it. Sam put it up for us. Big idea. Ready? About slide number five, six, somewhere in there. This is what you call a pregnant pause. Uh, let let me give you a testimony. This is what happens oftentimes when I'm in the car with Nina, and she'll ask me something. This is what she gets, <laughs> because I'm processing. I have to think about it. I have, to pro- yeah. I have to process my emotions, I have to go through, I, I want to make the best decision that she's asking me for, you know. And so we experience this pregnant pause. And then sometimes, beauty of the trees, and I'm driving along, you know, and I'm just resting, dry. Driving's therapeutic for me. So I love to drive. I forget she asked me the question. <laughs> That's a pregnant pause. Are you ready? You You're not. Well, you had it up once. All right. Well, just look for it. Here we go. Ready? Read. It's on your your handouts. Great faith seizes unseen promises, refusing to accept no for an answer. Here's what I want you to take away. Celebrate a seed like it's actually the harvest. Celebrate your seed like it's actually the harvest. God's will for you is of such abundance that even a crumb from the master's table will expel all of the darkness and bring great provision to you. There's a key to having this kind of great graduated faith. We read it when we read the passage on the centurion who in a very similar fashion had an encounter with Jesus and we're not going to go back through all of those scriptures but let me remind you of what happened when Jesus said to the centurion I'll come I'd be happy to come and heal your servant you remember that how many of you remember him saying that to what did the centurion say oh no Jesus No, no need I'm I'm not I'm not worthy to have you come to my house right and then what he say you just stand here and speak the word and my servants going to get healed from here did you know that demon powers will respond to the word of God spoken from a heart of great faith when they're clear across the neighborhood or clear across the country or maybe across the world somewhere. They have to obey great faith that knows like this centurion did. I'm a man under authority and I'm in authority. I have a hundred soldiers under me. I say to this one go and he goes. I say to this one come and he comes. So I understand this authority. Jesus you have that authority. And now the Bible tells us in the New Testament that God gave you and me that same authority. That we sit with him in heavenly places and that every principality and power is under our feet. And so we can stand boldly in his name. We can speak even to demon powers and we can command them to leave. Listen to me. Never pray. Never pray that demons will leave. You command them to go. Jesus never prayed and asked God to get rid of a demon. He always commanded the demon to go. Do not pray over things that are absolute in the word of God. Where he says, this is how I will deal. This is how I will bless if you will have great faith. Stand like the centurion did. Put your shoulders back. Look that circumstance square in the eye. And I begin to speak to my little daughter's body. You are healed. In the name of Jesus, I, I, I declare there's not even going to be bruising and that this scar, this, will, this wound will heal quickly and that you will not scar. And I just begin to speak it. I begin to declare it. See, that, that's a part of what the centurion was doing here. The uh, Jewish Complete Jewish Bible translation says, only give the command, Jesus. The New Living Translation says, just say the word from where you are, Jesus. So when he said speak, that word speak in the Greek, very important, write it down, fill in your blanks, means to affirm, to command, to call by name, or to speak out. You see, great provision is waiting to be released by words of faith in God's goodness and abundance. Oh, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't hear me. (laughs) You'd be saying at least an amen or giving a shout. Great provision is just waiting to be released by words of faith in God's goodness and abundance. What would it be like? What would happen this morning? if everyone here this morning pressed into worship Jesus regardless of how desperate your circumstances what would happen if everyone here got a vision of how good God is and despite your failures and where you've come from you tenaciously used your faith to press in and receive and claim God's provision what would happen if everyone here this morning made this decision I am not accepting no for an answer I'm going to continue to speak God's word into my circumstances and command God's provision. I'm going to call heaven's provision. I'm going to give it a name. Healing come. Blessing flow. Bruises leave. Eyes open up. Macular degeneration dry up in the name of Jesus. And leave these eyes now. Be healed perfect vision, perfect sight, no more macular degeneration in the name of Jesus. We're talking about a faith not based on just a whim of your emotions or your mind but where you've gotten into the Word of God and you've spent time in His presence and you don't accept no for an answer. And then you begin to command, you begin to speak, you begin to affirm God's Word. You begin to uh, speak what He has said there. Everyone hearing this message, listen to me. What would happen this morning if every one of you begin to call your miracle into being, your healing, your financial blessing, that relational healing, that that demon power would be released, that the provision of heaven would come in your circumstances as an answer. Because God's good. And I came that you might have life. And that you might have it more abundantly. You see great faith seizes unseen promises. And refuses to accept no. As an answer. Let's stand to our feet.